OTB. Probably days we were questioning maybe whether this would ever happen first. So now, you know, as I said, it's special and it'll be all undone. Is the only thing if you don't get over the line next week. So um, everything now is riding on that one. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette. Start your day in flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with Exfoliating Bar. This is News Talk. All right, you're welcome along. It is Thursday's Off The Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock. We've got a busy show coming up. Brian O'Driscoll uh, in studio after 8 o'clock. Not in studio, I don't even know why I said that. He was live from his home on Zoom. Uh, good start, wasn't it? Uh, he's going to be talking about a lot of things. Uh, Owen Farrell. Uh, his suspension uh, is still making the headlines we'll chat about that the form of the provinces over the Christmas Ben Healy's move away from Munster and also the news that Ronan O'Gara back in 2006 made a call to Brian O'Driscoll and said hey Brian you know things aren't going at Leinster you're not winning any Heineken Cups at the moment you're not really contending for Heineken Cups I know you're thinking maybe France maybe the south of France maybe a move away from Leinster how's about you come and join me at Munster Uh, which I'd never actually heard before and uh Brian O'Driscoll, as you, well, as, as we now know, said, your grand thanks, Ronan, uh, stuck with Leinster, and the rest is quite literally history. So that's coming up after 8 o'clock. John Giles uh, from Half Past Seven and on the football show, we'll be looking ahead to some big derbies in the WSL and in the Premier League as well. We have got Spurs against Arsenal live for you on Sundays off the ball. Richie McCormick, good evening. Evening, Nathan. How are you? I'm all right. Joe Malloy, how are you? Nathan, great to be in studio with you. Evening. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm so used to just pretending about things these days. I, you know, just went with it. How are you? Very well. Uh, speaking of interesting, what could have been moments, Ala Brian O'Driscoll, Ron O'Gara. I was just listening to Alistair Campbell's the podcast with Rory Stewart. Yes. They were talking about well, he who shall not be named, Prince Harry. Who isn't talking about Prince Harry? And Alistair Campbell was asked by Rory Stewart, "Did you ever uh, ghost write a book in your time?" And Alistair Campbell said, no, I'd have no interest in it. Roy Keane's agent phoned me and asked me to look into working on his book, but it wasn't for me. What? Wow. The first wow. one or the second one? He didn't specify. He didn't specify. I would presume, given that, that Alistair Campbell was a very one, busy man around the time of the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things going on. I would think the second. And uh, come on in, Roddy Doyle. So there you go. Wow. Uh, Alistair Campbell, Roy Keane, Richie. I don't know. I like yeah. the sound of it. And bring, it brings a whole new uh, meaning to the term new labour. Um, like, does that mean Roddy was his like, second choice? Is that what uh, we're revealing here? Well, the this is the interesting question. He was, he was quite clearly outrage. looking for a, for a non-sports journalist. That much is clear if he's gone for Campbell yes. and Roddy mm-hmm. Doyle. I have, he seemed to really like Doyle. Maybe like it was a sound out a few people and I'll see what the chemistry's like, have a conversation type yeah. phone call. Is there a third book in Roy Keane? Um, I, I think the question is, will Say he get to so, five? Yeah. <laughs> you think? He will, yeah, yeah. I'd like. There's, there's at least, there's but at he, least one. What's more. the next there's angle? At least one more. And what's the next? Who's the next? Who's the next ghostwriter? Because it needs to again be somebody who takes it in an entirely different direction. Uh, he's, he could go the way of Ferguson in his, in his last one, in, in the last of his fifteen, however he's released, um, where about leadership and, and stuff like that. You basically uh, go. Roy's not writing a book on leadership. There's no chance Roy's writing he's always, talk, he's always talking about leaders and, and wanting men out there. He's not explaining it. He's just saying People it. People will be at it. Well, he, uh, given, the, given, the, given the talk of much of this week, you know, Tommy Tiernan can't even get under the man's skin. I think we bring in Mo Ringer. If he can get Prince Harry to talk about some of the things he's talked about, it's our last shot at get really getting under the skin of Roy Keane. Uh, you're buying the book, Joe. Uh, I think that's uh, very possible, yeah. 
I think that's very possible. Um, mainly on the back of the Ghostwriter, who is so stunningly good that I think it'll make it worthwhile. Harry, you know what? I, uh, I, I have I have a worry here, fellas. Uh, Prince Harry aside for a moment, park your Prince Harry talk. I do feel, uh, having looked at the latest press release from Netflix, as if Drive to Survive is spawning mm. uh, uh, an endless slew of, I'm going to say, uh, questionable uh, follow-ups. So the, uh, we talked about the golf version, which is uh, coming up later. Yeah. Neither of us were very impressed with the trailer. It was a worrying trailer. So on the horizon, they have Breakpoint, which is the tennis version of Drive to Survive. Then they have Full Swing, which is the golf version. Then naturally they have Drive to Survive season five. Then they have Heart of Invictus coming this summer. This is an Arch Well production, which is Harry and Meghan. This is all well, about the Harry games. invented the Invictus games. He did indeed, yeah. And now I've, I'm sure we've all seen photos of Meghan and Harry giving um, athletes involved a big hug with a camera crew two feet away and a guy holding a sound boom. And, you know, it's, it's that kind of a... A thing. Don't be uh, cynical also, about that, Joe. There's no. <laughs> they said, the Invictus Games are, you know, a very good thing. They are. They are a very good te- uh, thing. Uh, Harry and Meghan uh, leveraging the um, uh, publicity to get a hundred million from Netflix. I'm less sure about. Uh, untitled as of yet, but a Tour de France docu series coming your way this summer as well about the 2022 tour. The Six Nations 2023 will be coming at you in twenty. T24, so again, it's the drive to survive. The same producers, they're doing the Six Nations treatment. You guys are busy. Weeks. And untitled as of yet, but FIFA World Cup 2022 oh coming at you in the summer of 2023. This was all the uh, Netflix press release. It is endless. It is endless. And I, I do think there is a chance we'll be sitting around in about a year's time saying, my God, drive to survive really did unleash an endless slew of questionable quality documentaries. I hope I'm proved... Uh, massively wrong, but uh, the the golf documentary just had a theme of it's really hard to win. It's really hard to win. Just players saying that over and over again, and I I could not think of a more bland or less revealing uh, theme. That's what they say after every round, anyway. So uh, well, I've, that, I've, that that worried me. I've no doubt that uh, Adrian Barry and Colin Buhig will put that to the producers of Breakpoint, the Netflix tennis <laughs> documentary, when they're on the show tomorrow morning uh, the reviews of that are somewhat mixed again the expectations now for all of these documentaries are so high mm. and what made Drive to Survive such a, such a success there's no guarantees that transfers to any of these other no. sports no. and like I was making the point with Full Swing the golf version that's coming out uh, next month it's not aimed at the Golf Weekly audience like I saw one of the main American golf writers making the point that this is golf's biggest opportunity to grow the game, that quote they love. They don't grow the game by just showing the good stuff to the guys who are watching already. This is the, yeah. actually, you're a sort of fair weather fa- fan on a Sunday night, you might watch that, you might watch the American football, you might watch you know something else on Netflix. Actually, come and watch the golf. They've sold it, obviously, on We Have Ian Poulter. I'm still not sure that Ian Poulter doesn't just disappear four months into this when he signs for Liv and that's the last we see of Ian Poulter on this and likewise Rory McIlroy takes the big seat right at the very end oh, Rory Rory is going to talk mm. like, Rory always talks Rory never yeah. stops talking there's nothing Rory McIlroy hasn't said over the past year if they can somehow get something new out of Rory McIlroy I'll be astonished but yeah. again the trailer pff, oh it was, it was really bland. weird uh, so bland, so worrying. Like, not only you say it's the drive to survive 
format is no guarantee of success. Not only is it no guarantee of success, the format is generally terrible. Sports people in real time with camera crews around generally hasn't worked. Drive to Survive being a rare exception. So it's quite interesting they've taken a format that generally doesn't work, that doesn't have Gunter, who is mic'd up at all times, in a sport where they're pretty open with the media anyway. Like, they, you know, you have drivers being interviewed on the grid at the best of times. You know, that's just a, an aspect of the sport. They're more open to the media in that way, unlike other sports. But you take Gunter, who's mic'd up, who's a brilliantly combustible character, and he's rowing, and he's saying how much he hates that guy over there and all the rest of it. Uh, I'm, I'm holding my breath. Um, we see, we had heard that the golf uh, version was very, very good, but now increasingly, the more I think about it, hearing that from people almost directly involved. Um, so we'll see. Like with the golf thing, it doesn't need to be explosive, but it needs to be, you know, I, I was saying to you even on the podcast that uh, there's, you know, a, a fairly healthily populated prayer group on the PGA Tour. I'd, I'd love a look in at that and see how that operates, you know? Well, we, we did imagine the scene of they go to Scotty Scheffler and Zach Johnson talking about prayer group and then it just flicks to Brooks Kepka raising his eyes to heaven in yeah. between. Maybe shouting nerds. <laughs> uh, yeah, but even but that would be genuinely quite interesting, them getting into their faith or... Like there's a shot of Ian Poulter, the best, you know, the most intimate shot in the trailer is Ian Poulter like throwing something in the locker room. But look, he's performative at the very best of times, the whole thumping of the chest, even at the Ryder Cup. So him performing for a camera isn't really going to... Um, overly uh, grabbed me I would think you, what, what I was hoping to see in the trailer was like uh, Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas who are good friends mic'd up forgetting they're mic'd up almost like Gunter does in Drive to Survive and, and, and one of them saying man I can't believe I'm playing with so and so again he's so slow or he's so this or that and, and look that, that's particularly that would be unbelievable but, but some more along those lines that candid stuff whereas I feel like they're all very aware when they're on camera and we'll be talk- it'll just be interview based, just based on the, the trailer. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, Drive to Survive been such a success. I wonder, will we remember it as uh, still unsurpassed in a couple of years? The, what they have to work with for the golf, they couldn't have picked a better year. Like golf has never been more interesting. Yeah. And you're right. Do we see inside the locker room from Rory at the Open Championship? Do we see inside the locker room even with Mito Pereira as he blew up? Yeah. Do we have the video when the live guys are walking along the range after yeah. the Phil Mickelson interview and the Phil Mickelson interview is released and Dustin Johnson has to backtrack and say I'm never going to go? Like is it built how much are the PGA Tour going to allow this be about live? Which is the most interesting part mm. of the entire year. Uh, as you went through that list, it sort of the expectation levels went down rapidly. Richie, uh, mm. the behind the scenes on the Six Nations, again, like there's always some interest in what goes on when you know down in Carton House for the four months the players are there. I'm not sure it's actually that exciting. A lot of players sitting around drinking coffee uh, all day, and the World Cup one, it's going to be a lot of salt bay. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah, he's going to be back uh, in our lend, lives. Does it? Does it? Does it lend itself more these these documentaries to the individual sport? Yeah, because big time. Like because you're talking about six teams where they've got thirty odd in a squad each, yeah. and it's just way too diffuse to get anything of real interest and substance out of them. Whereas if you concentrate on a certain number of golfers and then control it in the edit afterwards with can get the good stuff like i've i've no doubt they'll actually get really good stuff and really good entertaining uh stuff from the the tennis ones and from the the, the golf documentaries over the the course in the next few weeks 
Um, the team sports one is 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 where I worry because it's it, there's just too it's too hard to angle. Like people are kind of whatever about people performing in front of the cameras, they're really you know careful about how they would perform in front of the cameras around other teammates. Now, unless you're getting them one on one, it's a different story. But yeah, I and I, I think Rich as well. Don't you have? I, again, I much prefer in, in interviewing individual sports people. I'm, I'm sure you're both the same. Oh, side by no, side. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. No responsibility to the team. Like they can mm. say, I hate that guy. But you can't have an yeah. Irish team coming on saying, I hate Wales. Wales are the worst. Because your teammates will turn around and go, what are you doing? So that always, I think, limits a, a team sports person. Look, the, the golf one may well be good, but I don't know, Nathan, if you agree. They've definitely, if, if, if it's obviously so good and they're so confident in it, they've held back anything interesting in the, t- are you, in the Are you saying that as people who are mad golf heads, though? You see, I think know that, everything that inside there's already. definitely that possibility that I'll find the tennis one more interesting than the golf one because I don't know that much about the mm. personalities. And with the trailer, maybe they're just saying, look, we got all the big names. We have most of the top 10 in the world we have Ian Poulter who people recognise and now know has gone to live so we have them and they're going to be a part of this and that's the first selling point Yeah, I want to see some characters to emerge during this and again the Gunter types who pre-Drive to Survive nobody not involved around Formula 1 would have really known about or had an interest in so you know who are the agents who are the mm. live guys on the range are they mm. on this are they sort of been singled out by the end of this are we getting a a real insight that we've never had before and you do need a bit of gossip. Like you, oh, big time. You do need Thomas and Spieth talking about Brooks Kepka behind his back. Yeah, for it to be, for it to be real and authentic and um, it's, just, it's just increasingly now when you see just the sheer number of these, like, okay, they've all, they've all realised we can either make our sport really, really popular or at worst we'll get a few quid and I don't know. I wonder what the... Um, what the motivation was. I had, like, did Formula One even give too much thought to Drive to Survive? You, you get the sense they are almost, I just go in there and do your thing and they came away with the magic. Whereas a bit like reality TV contestants in season two, three, four and beyond, they're very aware of how the finished product could look. They're like, Naughty Nick really got hung out to dry there on <laughs> yeah. Big Brother. <laughs> Not falling for that again. Not Big Brother 2 again. was the last year of innocence, really. Uh, the news round brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Good to get the Roy Keane story out of the way early, lads. That was it. Short and short and sweet. Uh, wasn't Keane going to go with Kimmage first? Oh, well, then why wouldn't that have happened? Well, I mean, Kimmage would have been open to going with Roy. I'll have to find out. Well, maybe, Before maybe, maybe Kimmage is the next one. Yeah, that'd be good. I want to know Keane's ranking of these lads. <laughs> really do. Sometime. Yeah. Sure, tell us. I, I can't imagine he took well to being turned down by Alistair Campbell. Yeah. Kind of stuff on his mind, I guess, at the time, even if he wasn't necessarily in government. Mm. The aftermath of that wasn't pretty. Uh, what is going on, Richie? Uh, the FAI has appointed Eileen Gleeson as head of women's and girls' football. The former assistant to Republic of Ireland manager Vera Powell will be tasked with the development and growth of the women's game in Ireland. Gleeson holds a UEFA Pro licence and recently left her role as manager of Glasgow City while she was also a league and cup winner with P-Mount. Tony Elms has been appointed assistant to Vera Powell on a full-time basis, while Andrew Holt is the new performance analysis for the senior team. That's all ahead, of course, of their appearance at the World Cup later this year. Yeah, this is all very positive, Joe. Uh, investment, sustainable investment going in around the women's game in Ireland. Eileen Gleeson, obviously somebody very well respected who knows the game already from top to bottom. Uh, even having a full-time assistant manager to Vera Powell 
so that mm. Tom Ames can commit every minute of every day between now and the World Cup to thinking about it and a performance analyst in there as well and Andrew Holt so like already you would have to believe that the success of qualifying for the World Cup is paying some long term dividends for sure it all feels very very good look what they have achieved with just an experienced manager and limited support across the playing lives of these players so imagine what the next generation could do with all that support so really positive as football tonight as well Richie in the Premier League uh, there is yeah there's one game in the Premier League Fulham have the chance to move above Liverpool in the table tonight if they win at home to Chelsea they're without the suspended striker Alexander Mitrovic their top scorer for the season he's suspended uh, he's replaced by Vinicius in their front line and Joao Felix makes a debut start for Chelsea kick off right. at Craven Cottage is at 8pm Chelsea back to a back three as well tonight perhaps crucially Straight in. I guess they're paying so much for his six months that they might as well use him for every second they can. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's really hard to know what to expect with Chelsea at all. Uh, John John's very keen to talk about Graham Potter this evening and uh-huh. his comments about it being the toughest job in football and having a meeting with senior players, gathering around the four most experienced lads and deciding, let's give this a good go. Uh, he, you know, I, I felt, felt at the time Graham Potter should take this job. Big job don't come up like this very often we've seen uh, whole, uh, any amount of English managers go on a hot run of form and mm. miss their time mm. but really in the last week or so it's felt a little bit like he's been out of his depth yeah I, I, I do think he's, his public comments have been over scrutinised because the results have been so bad um, you know I, I, yeah, I was listening to a podcast on The Athletic and, and, and they're positing the theory that he's just too nice or sorry well I suppose he's too normal He's just too normal, you know. I, I think some of it's gone a, a little too far. And, and if the results were good, I don't think we'd think anything of his general uh, dispatches. But I guess to your point, Nathan, uh, at the end of the depth thing, it's hard to argue with when the, the, the results are so bad. And how close is he is the interesting question to fans turning on him mm. and, and getting well, too toxic and no way back. Singing Thomas Tuchel's name uh, during the yeah. last game maybe is more a reflection on the club. And listen, out of his depth is probably harsh. He's... He's not himself, though. He like The way Chelsea are playing is not a reflection of the way he has gone through his career so far, mm. the negativity that they've approached a lot of games with. And listen, they have endless injuries. And it's, it's catastrophic, you need, the injury list. You need yeah. your best players. Like yeah. every, They're missing Reese James and Ben Chilwell, who are up there as the best fullback partnership and are responsible for so many of their goals and their assists all season. They're missing N'Golo Kante, who, yeah. when he's on it, is arguably still the best midfielder in the Premier League. Yeah. And they've no striker. That's not his fault. So it could just be wrong man, wrong place, wrong time. But you do hope that they stick with what they've said, which is this is a long-term project. Yeah. Like looking at that 11th night, it's all over the place. There's a few kids in there who've been thrown in again. There's Jal Felix who just arrived in two days ago. It's just that bit as of, you know, does a more experienced manager just go in and I'm taking charge of this rather well, than they, a bit they, of Graham Potter just hoping that they stick with him and give him the time and well, it'll indeed. all come right in a year. Yeah, it's 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 and there is a parallel, isn't there, with Frank Lampard, the more inexperienced manager who had a Chelsea squad, which at the time looked incredibly imbalanced. And this is what was being said about this Chelsea squad when Lampard had it, that Chelsea squad, is that oh, it's a bit of a mishmash, bit of a mess. Hard now, you know, it'd be hard, and the, the transfer embargo. Yeah, I don't know how's Frank meant to make sense of this. And Thomas Tuchel came in and in the space of one game, had moved to a back three, and turned them into a Champions League winning team. He made total sense of it instantly. So, again, <laughs> parallel universes. If Potter was to get the bullet, and as you asked the question, more experienced manager comes in, suddenly 
maybe he does make sense of it. But I, I do genuinely think in Potter's case, the injury list is prohibitive for almost anyone. Evening, lads. If you're looking for a decent sports documentary, look no further than Sky's Jackie Stewart, a one-episode movie-length riveting watch on a true icon, says Martin and Goal. You seen it, Richie? Haven't, no. We'll seek it out. All right. Uh, it's turning quickly into one of those. We'll have a million recommendations for uh, sports documentaries over the next 10 minutes. 53106 is the text number. Uh, where are we going next? Uh, yeah, the Offaly manager, Liam Kearns, has questioned the integrity of the O'Byrne Cup despite reaching a semi-final against Louth. The faithful county beat a youthful Dublin 11 points to 8 last night at Parnell Park, but Kearns was unhappy with the decisions made by their semi-final opponents this week. I'll be honest with you, um, if I could now, I'd drop out of the competition. Um, you know, this is our fourth, third game in eight days. Um, and I don't know what's going on with, with the Leinster Council. I mean, the fact that Loud were able to withdraw from their game, their final game, they should have been playing tonight um, and they withdrew from it. And now they've had a week's rest and we're going to play our, our third game in eight days. Uh, the integrity of the competition is very much compromised as far as I'm concerned. I think the three games in eight days, it was the most miserable night last night, soaking wet thinking the loud lads are sitting at home in front of the fire and we're out here going through this nonsense and now we got to go again at the weekend in a competition that we don't really just want to get the lads some game time, not get any injuries. A season that's going to have the most important league there's ever been. It's had its day, hasn't it? Well, with, they, the condense, with the new calendar, I just they, don't They seem to have got more important over the last couple of years again that we are spending more time talking about them and wondering what teams are doing and maybe it's, there's such a turnover of managers that they've sort of lost their pre-season feel weirdly that okay. I, I, geez, I, look, maybe, maybe it's the fact me. that the league seems to start earlier than I ever know. You, look, you, look, you look at that Dublin side last night and you oh, look at certain teams that have been straight. put out actually the Kerry ones yeah like the, there are teams at that level that don't take these competitions ah, like uh, Richie, in terms of wanting to win Richie them was don't take them seriously I'm pretty much yeah I could have been uh, but like I I don't know if we, we these competitions are kept just because there's names attached to them and there's a bit of medium term history about them. Um, I I think that's that there's a lot to do with it. There's a very solid argument looking at the way a lot of teams approach them yeah. to just ditch them, let them organise their own them. challenge matches and move and, and move on with things big time. And the worst part as well is like as as Richie said, there it was a youthful Dublin. I mean, the majority of the O'Byrne Cup players mm. are also playing Sigerson, so you know you're just flogging young lads as well it's it's too intense all, all at once in January so uh, Davey Russell had great plans for the coming years <laughs> take a few weekend breaks maybe travel the world and then he sat down last Sunday with Joe Malloy and thought actually retirement is not what I thought it was going to be I cannot cannot go through another Sunday like this and he's back the reverse Sheehan it's been called yeah, Joe Malloy with Tour Milk, it appears. Uh, Davy Russell performed a dramatic U-turn last night to come to the aid of trainer Gordon Elliott. With Jack Elliott, or Jack Kennedy, pardon me, sidelined with a broken leg, Russell has decided to come out of retirement to take Kennedy's vacant rides. Russell had only confirmed his retirement a week before Christmas, but could continue riding for Elliott through to Cheltenham. Do you have any sense of this, Joe? Uh, <laughs> I did say to him, actually, uh, the last question was, you're going to get bored. You'll do a U-turn here and, you know, I'll see you at Cheltenham 2024. And he was like, no, 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 honestly, honestly, I don't think so. So, Dave Russell's is a liar. Uh, obviously, he's ruined <laughs> the retirement interview I did with him. Um, i tell you what is interesting in the interview. He had known, obviously, so he broke his neck in 2020. Most people thought, well, Davey, retire. You're a legend. It's done. And he really wanted to come back and go out in his own terms. So, for much of the last six, seven, eight months, he knew that he was heading towards retirement pretty much at the end of the calendar year. And he's, I was, because I asked him in the interview, are you in decline as a rider? Has the quality of your riding gone down? And he said, it's, it's funny you say that 
because over this last year, knowing that the end is coming, I haven't made even a, a scintilla of a mistake. I've been perfection. You know, he said, I've never rode better. It's been like pressure's off. I, I've rode, I, I've stopped, I've smelt the roses. I'm like patting, you know, the kids' heads when they're, when I'm walking into the parade ring and they're looking for, you know, the jockey to acknowledge them, which I never would have done before. And I've been, it's been beautiful. So I'm fascinated to see if Davy Russell continues the stopping to smell the roses approach or if he goes back to hard-nosed pushing children out of the way. So Davy Russell goes to Cheltenham, ends up as leading jockey. Is he, is he, is he, is that the grand finale for a second time? Be unbelievable. Uh, his, his record there is excellent as well. So he was champion jockey in 18 and base here, how's this for consistency? Obviously, have all these figures in my head as of Sunday. From his first Cheltenham winner in 06 to 2020, he had a winner every single year except 19. And post-war, he is fourth on the all-time list of Cheltenham jockeys. So he's top, top, top there. Well, all that information will come in really handy in a few months' time again. <laughs> all the questions you didn't get retires. time to ask. Uh, we got time for a couple more stories, Richie? Yeah, Manchester United are going to reject any request from Nottingham Forest to allow Dean Henderson play in the Carabao Cup semi-final. Henderson saved penalties from Ruben Neves and Joe Hodge last night to book Forest's first League Cup semi-final play since 1992. But as Henderson is on loan from United, he's barred from playing against his parent club. That is unless they agree to a request from Forest, which, according to the Manchester Evening News, is not going to happen. Fair enough. They'd look a little bit silly if it goes to penalties and Dean Henderson ends up saving the penalties that knock a Manchester United out of the cup. True. He's the only thing that's been keeping Forrest in it a lot of the way through, though. He is probably their best player so far this season. Uh, some snooker this evening? Uh, yeah, Mark Williams produced a century break to win the deciding frame of his Masters quarterfinal with Ronnie O'Sullivan. Williams had trained but trailed even by three frames to nil at one point, but secured his first ever win over O'Sullivan in almost nine years. Uh, this evening, we'll see Jack Lazowski take on Hassan Buffet. That match is uh, just underway. All right, we've got to leave it there. Joe, thank you. All right, fellas. Richie, thanks as always. Nice, lads.